What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Two item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can. Two-item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Guys, your host, George Mackay, back in the building again with another great interview. And this one is exciting for me because this one is someone that is a very, very up-and-comer. As What I mean by that is that they are in the process of going through the training regimen. We're going to get into a lot of great stuff about that today, but I'm excited to have her to the show. I'm always excited to interview any female talent because I always think with the woman's evolution and all the stuff that's going on nowadays, I think it's exciting to be interviewing anyone that has the guts to step in this ring. But above all else, the ladies... Because it's a lot, it's still even with the evolution, it's a lot more work that these girls got to put in. So without further ado, welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, wrestler in training, Bella Bronx. How are you? Hi everyone, I'm good, how are you? We're all good. I mean, I know my listeners are good, I'm good. You know, it's Friday, (laughs) We're, we're here on Skype and we're talking about, you know, the one thing that you and I both love with all our hearts, which is wrestling. Professional wrestling, yeah, it's true. It's in our blood. It is in our blood. For me, the commentary, sweet, sexy radio voice. And for you, the uh, grunting and the throwing and the beatings and the bruises and everything that goes on inside that ring. Right? It's true. And then you come home with the bruise and you're like, look, I got my first wrestling bruise. Yeah. You wear that like a badge of honor. You post that on Instagram and Snapchat and you're like, what up? Pride and you show everyone. That's right. So one of the questions I always ask, all my listeners know it, and if you yourself have ever listened to an episode, then you know it, is what I like to call the defining moment question. It's how I start all my interviews. Everyone has that defining moment where they fell in love with wrestling. Do you remember yours? I do. And I was actually, uh, I must have been maybe about five or six, to be honest. And it was at the time where I would watch it with my grandfather, because I used to stay with my grandparents during the day when my mom and dad were at work. And my grandfather would sit and watch it for hours and I would be outside playing and sometimes I'd see him from the window and I'd wonder what he's doing. So the one day I I know I went into the and I just sat down and watched it. And at the time, I remember it was Brett the Hitman Hart that was on TV. And I just fell in love in that moment. I was like, so this is what he's been doing this whole time. And ever since that day, I always I used to sit and watch it with him from 
six years old and on, and it's just stayed with me. That's, you know what, that's a great defining moment because Brett, the hit my heart. I mean, that's Canadian history right there. It is. And the, like, I remember things as a child that I see, like I used to see Shawn Michaels, the ladder match that he did with Razor Ramon. Those are moments that stick with you and the history that was made behind it. So for me to grow up now, like as I get older and I see it, it's, for me, it's still mesmerizing despite all the changes and all the wrestlers that have retired, stepped down or anything. For me, it's still mesmerizing to even sit and watch it, even a pay-per-view. I'm still mesmerized. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think we all hit that moment whenever those, those music, that music hits and the intro comes and you see yeah. the ring, you, you become a child for literally a couple yes. seconds and it's it brings true, you, you it brings you right back to those moments, which is fantastic. Yeah, I myself share a defining moment, not my defining moment, but a definite moment with Brett the Hitman Hart and Owen Hart, because they were in my one of my all-time favorite matches, which was WrestleMania 10. And I'm a big Owen Hart guy. I, I, I love and respect Bret Hart, but if you ask me who's my favorite Hart, it's Owen. It's Owen. It is yeah. Owen. I mean, he was just, the stories that he was able to tell in the ring and how well him and his brother were, were so fluid as dance partners. You go back and you watch yeah. any moment of that WrestleMania 10 match, it's still light years ahead of what anybody else, in my opinion, is doing in terms of what's in that ring today. Exactly. It's, it's true. You don't see it nowadays as much, and I wish some of that old-style wrestling would come back. But it's sad because we got to change with the times. And don't get me wrong, I don't mind changing with the times, but sometimes I wish I could see that old style again. Absolutely. Uh, but again, as we progress in changing of the style, you're in that kind of ever changing world right now because yeah. A, you're female. B, you're in an exciting time when literally for the last two years, it has been nothing but the females in this business taking over. Yes, it's true. And you and yeah. I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, we, we try to define our moments and it's, it's nice to see that women are getting a chance because, you know, it come, there was a time when women weren't even looked at. And to see now that we've excelled at where we are and to be a part of such history, like history defying moments, like the first ever female pay-per-view, like to be even a part of that or to even witness it up close to me is amazing to see the change throughout the years of each and every individual who's succeeded. And not only that, put in the work, the time and effort to be where they are today. It's it's, for me, it's mind-blowing. It is. It is for me, too, because I have two daughters myself. And, you know, when, when, when my daughter, my nine-year-old, she got into wrestling, it was just on the cusp of something special happening. And yeah. now she's growing up with it where it's the norm. I mean, not only did you mention yeah. the first-ever women's, all-women's pay-per-view, but also we have to talk about the first-ever women main event at WrestleMania. Like, that's huge. Exactly. That is huge because... For as long as I can remember, that never happened, ever. <laughs> yeah. It was always a male. It was always the, the, the heavyweight title. That was the only, like, for me, that was what I remembered. It was either Triple H, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, or The Rock were the main event for me. That was what I always remember growing up seeing. And to see a woman take that spot, to, it's honestly inspiring. Let's talk about inspiration for a second. So you were five, six, and you, you had your defining moment, so you fell in love with wrestling. You progressed. Yeah. When did it become from falling in love with wrestling and becoming a fan to actually deciding one day waking up and going, you know what? I'm going to step into a ring, I'm going to train, and I'm going to get this going. Uh, it's funny you mention that. It's actually, um, 
kind of a spooky yet scary yet kind of life-changing story. I um, I was 24 years old and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah, I had a um, malignant tumor that I wasn't even aware of that I had. And um, what happened was I went to the doctor. I was lucky it was detected in time. I'm going to be honest. I was one of the lucky ones slash rare ones, as they say, that that usually doesn't happen to a 24-year-old. So I went for the procedure, the surgery, everything. The doctor was 100% sure that he removed the tumor. And he said that I wouldn't need chemo or radiation, but he goes, you kind of have a second chance at life now. And he's like, is there anything you wanted to do? And I started laughing and he's like, well, it was so funny. And I'm like, there's something I want to do, but I don't think I can do it. And he's like, well, what is it? I said, I've always loved wrestling and I've always wondered what it was like to be a professional wrestler. So he looked at me and he says, so what's stopping you? And I said, I'm 24 years old. And I'm like, you know, I'm older now. What's like, I shouldn't I be like thinking of something else? And he's like, if you can dream it, you can do it. So he's like, I suggest you start looking around and consider training. He's like, just go and see if it's for you. Try it out and see. And he goes, it doesn't mean you have to stick with it. He goes, so what? You don't want to do it? You tried it. Right? So I ended up going. I pursued it, tried it out and saw. And I fell in love. I was like, oh, my God, why couldn't I have done this sooner? It took <laughs> something to scare the hell out of you that almost could end your life for you to try something new. And it's, well, and it's changed my life ever since, and I've never been happier. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't see that as, as, uh, as so scary and spooky as I do, again, the word we touched on earlier, inspirational. That's, yeah. that's huge. I mean, great for you. Thank God you're healthy. Thank God everything has Thank worked you. out. And, uh, you know what, I'm glad you're progressing. So in terms of your research and in terms of the schools you wanted to go to, where did you start training and are you currently still training there or did you switch schools? <clears throat> well, I first started off at Battle Arts Academy. I had trained there for a little bit and then, uh, for work purposes, I ended up moving to London, Ontario, where I found out Tyson Dukes had a school. And since October of last year, I've been training with Tyson Dukes. I love Tyson Dukes, man. Me and him had an interview, oh, I want to say 20 episodes back. He's amazing. <laughs> he is one of the funniest, most humble, most inspirational guys. It's true. He truly is. And honest to God, not because he's my coach and he's probably going to listen to this, but he's truly someone who has a heart of gold and I will forever be grateful for what he did for me. All right. So uh, one question I'm always curious about, and anytime somebody tells me about their training, I kind of find a way to segue to this. So. I got to know, because I've never stepped in a ring. I've never taken one. What does that first bump or how did that first bump feel for you? The first thing that came out of my mouth and the exact words when I took the bump was, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first word that came out of my mouth and everyone just laughed. I said, wow, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> As you're on the floor looking up at the sky like, wow. But you're still mesmerized by it, but you're in shock and you just realize you're like, you know what? This is actually pretty cool. It's an amazing feeling. It's a, you know, just to learn how to like, even to take that landing, the first landing, because it's always fearful, right? When you got to fall, but to trust yourself, it's uh, something you learn. And it's pretty mind blowing that in your first class, you learn to trust yourself on the fall. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really one of those trust fall exercises, but you got to do it with yeah. yourself. You got to get over your own oh, yeah. fear. And you got to do it with yourself. Exactly. So when you're learning how to, uh, 
how to like literally take that bump you know you think oh, okay i can do this yeah i can do it and then it's like yeah wait no i can't do it and then you know they're like how about if we give you a clothesline and you try it out that way taking the clothesline and learning it totally different story <laughs> that's two bumps with one shot right pretty much and then that's when the holy shit factor kicks in <laughs> <laughs> so you started trading with santino and then obviously because you said you had to move to london for work purposes how is yeah. the the difference between tyson and santino in their or sorry anthony corelli in their training methods well the thing was when i was at battle arts uh, we were trained under yuki ishikawa so yuki trained more of the japanese style wrestling right how he did it at his battle arts when he was in japan so versus Tyson, Tyson's more, I find, the pro wrestling side to learn versus, so it's versus, like, it's hard to say because they're both unique styles. Tyson has the pro wrestling, but Toy had the Japanese style. So it was like you learn more of the submission and all that. And with Tyson, you learn a lot of, like, chain wrestling more. It's like, I think it's more in-depth with Tyson because he has more of the pro versus Japan. Japan is more submission-style shoot wrestling, but you still learn. It's just different methods of teaching. That's what I find. So in, in kind of learning both styles now that you have, what what is your go-to? Like when you're sparring in the ring with your in-ring partner, what do you tend to go with? Do you tend to go more pro wrestling or do you tend to incorporate some of that Japanese style? I'll be honest, I do both. I go pro and then I do a bit of Japanese like when you're doing like a, an alligator roll. Like sometimes I'll just, out of the blue, I'll switch it and I'll just realize that I'm doing a toy move and I'm like, oh my God, I still remember these. <laughs> Well, I, I like that. I like that. I like the fact that yeah. you, you learn a little bit of both and you incorporate. So tell me about, because I mean, you don't just come up with a character overnight. You may have an idea of who you want your character to be, but it doesn't necessarily always translate like what you may believe in your own mind necessarily might not work in the wrestling world. So in terms of Bella, in terms of Bella, where does she come from? And if you say she came, the name Bella came from anything to do with that stupid vampire movie. We're going to end the episode now. <laughs> no, don't worry. I wasn't really a big Twilight fan. I'm going to be honest. I was, think like I, came, like I got into it way after it was over. Yeah, I well. I sat down and watched it. I have a wife. I love her to death. We've been married for 16 years. But I've had to suffer through many of those movies. Yeah, I know the feeling. I have an older sister. She loves them. And I, I had to sit and watch it with her one day. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, like, I like the last one because there's that big fight scene. But then you find out it's all the vision. It's like, well, that was two hours wasted. What the hell's going on here? Right? What a like, freaking ripoff. Like it it should have been like Sopranos. Everybody died. That's the best way to end that stupid movie. Uh, my, rant's, my rant's over, though. My rant about Twilight is over. Let's get back to you. <laughs> so, where did... Where did where did the evolution of Bella come from? The evolution of Bella, it was a funny, that's even a funnier story how that happened because I went through a few <laughs> names before we finally came up with Bella. Oh, now hold so on, pump the brakes. You got to tell me every name you went through. You have to. Okay, so before I was going to debut in a match, the, uh, the names you were coming up with, we had to come up with ideas, names, so who you wanted to be in the ring. So I always thought the character of, I loved the movie. I'm not too sure if a lot of fans know it. It's Oscar with uh, Sylvester Stallone. He's one of my favorite actors. Hell yeah. I love that movie. uh, Sylvester Stallone, right? Uh, Angelo is his name in the movie. um, He's a mobster, but he has a heart. And I've always liked that, that he was a gangster. But, you know, you see his heart. You don't see the cold side. So I've always liked that. But I've always liked the untouchables as well. Sean Connery, a few of them, right? Like a few of the guys that were in there. So I've always liked both. And I said, okay, so you know what, how do I incorporate the heart, but the angry part to it? 
And I sat and I thought, so I said, okay, so you know what? The gimmick is going to be the Mafia Princess. And I came up with Taya Martino. That was the original name. So then I went up to Anthony. I'm like, okay, I figured out a name. This is what I want to do. And he just looks at me and he goes, okay, we've got to work on that. I said, why? He's like, well, Impact has Taya Valkyrie. And he's like, we can't have two Tayas. And I'm like, okay. So he's like, go home, think of another one. He goes, come back. He goes, I know you could do it. So then I went home and I thought of something. I said, okay, what about Tony Martino? Like a tomboy, kind of like, you know, an Italian version of like, I thought of maybe Antonietta, they short form it to Tony. So I thought it'd be like more Canadian, but kind of cool, right? I go back and Anthony's like, okay. He's like, nope. He goes, we're going to change this. He goes, you know what? He goes, you should be Bella Bronx. And I'm like, Bella Bronx? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I think that name would be good for you. He goes, the Mafia Princess Bella Bronx. And it just stuck with me. I, I first I was like, okay, I'll try it out. I'll see. I don't know. It just didn't ring. Like, I didn't think you know, I could do this one with this name. But it ended up working out. A lot of the fans approached me and they're like, oh my God, your name is so cool. How did you come up with that? And I was like, well, I can't take credit. Anthony, that's all Anthony. I would have taken and credit. <laughs> I would have taken credit. I would have been like, yeah, so you know, like, I like the movie Oscar. I like the movie Untouchables. And I just, because they're both set in New York, but I like the one borough of Bronx. I like the Bronx. So I just figured, I'm beautiful. Bella, obviously, Italian, hello, and Bronx. That's what I would have said. And Anthony would have walked by and been like, really? Really? Yeah. All right. Really? Cool. So when everybody leaves, you're going to do 20 more suicides. Yeah. Screw you. I'm the coach. <laughs> exactly. I have to save myself from suicides. Okay. There you go. So in training, because I, I, I walk me through a typical day in the factory from start to factory. finish. Okay. So what happens is we get into the factory. So usually class starts at six on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So we get there to practice, you gear up, you get ready. So we start with basically like a few like little things that Tyson has us do where we do some rolls, we do some back rolls, we do some side rolls, everything. So he has us do a few things. Then you do a bit of like um, arm drags. He'll have like, so he'll throw in something and he'll tell you, okay, so now I want you to chain with this person for five minutes equals, and I want you to think of every move you're doing and why you're doing it. And he'll give you an idea. So then he'll have you do that. We're doing that for a little bit. And then throughout the practice, what he has us do is uh, the deck. So we call it the deck, which is, uh, so you either do like um, push-ups, you do burpees, or you can do jumping jacks. So every time a deck of cards comes out, so there's 52 cards. So the spades could be um, burpees, for example. So the hearts can be push-ups. The uh, diamonds could be another, like a jumping jack. Or the joker could be your, we call that the wild. So that'll be something that he'll throw in automatically that you have to do 100 of. So basically you're getting your cardio going as well. So once the cards are done, we do a bunch of, so you do the 52 cards, you go through the whole deck. He gives you that nice warm-up so you get the cardio going. And then once that happens, he gets you back in the ring. So he has you do a few more drills. Once that's done, he pairs you up with somebody. He's like, okay, so I want a five to ten minute match with this person, and he'll let you do it. So he wants to see the story you're telling, what moves you're incorporating, everything. And he tells you right after the match, this is what you need to improve on. This is what was great about it. And he critiques it at the end and gives you pointers on what can change and what could be better, which is what I love because in each and every class, you're growing. So it's not that you're in the same position, you're growing. Interesting. That's very, that sounds like a, it sounds like a lot, a lot of, a lot of work and I am so out of shape. So I don't know if I can hang with you guys, but kudos to you guys for doing that. You can do it. Trust me. And then like he has DDP yoga come. Sarah does it every two weeks. I believe she comes on Wednesdays and she comes and does a half an hour with us. So instead of doing the deck of cards that day, we'll be doing DDP yoga. And let me tell you the amount of moves you do in that 30 minutes helps you out so much in the ring with your flexibility. (laughs) 
Well, yoga and flexibility, that definitely goes hand in hand. You know what? I have the DDP yoga floating around my house somewhere. I definitely should try to get into that. I think I should. Oh, my God. You'll love it. I thought I was never into yoga. I'm going to be honest with you. I always thought, okay, how am I going to sit in this room and do this? And <laughs> I tried Sarah's yoga, and I was like, oh, my God. I got to do another one of these. So they got you hooked. I, said, I fell in love with yoga. <laughs> there you go. But you're not in love with yoga yoga. You're in love with DDP yoga. I'm in love with DDP yoga. <laughs> so that's yoga with like a little bit of stank. That's what that exactly. is. And she plays some nice rock music in there. So it's not the quiet yoga. So it's nice yoga that like picks you up. Oh, hold on. So it's not yoga like this. And now the butterfly. No, you'll hear her. She'll be like, and now you're going to really. She sounds just like Diamond, uh, Diamond Dolls page when he's talking. It's awesome. And she goes, and then out of the bush, she'll be like, and Diamond Cutter. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. A half an hour flies by way too fast. I'm like, Sarah, can we do another one? Well, yeah. When you're, hey, when you're having fun, time flies by. Look at us. Oh, We're already 20 minutes in. We're already 20 minutes in. Right? It doesn't even feel like that. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't. <laughs> so in terms of, um, uh, you did mention that you, you've, you've had your first match, correct? You've had matches? Yeah. So you've already been I, greenlit. I did it at Battle Arts, actually. I, was, uh, I went up against one of my... Uh, Good friends that I trained with, Bianca Pudice. We had our first match together. We did a submission match. So we had a limit, uh, five minutes. And both of us ended up, uh, the time was up. None of us, we both ended in a draw because none of us could submit each other. I like that, though. That means there's gonna there's yeah. more story to tell. You need 10 minutes next time. That's what you need. Yeah. So exactly. tell me about tell me about the first the first match. So you're you're getting ready to go through the curtain, your music hits, and you go through. What was that feeling like? I'm going to be honest, I had goosebumps. I was scared. I had so many emotions that I, I couldn't even control. And because I suffer from severe anxiety, I felt like a panic attack was ready to come on. And I remember I was just taking a deep breath. and You got this. And I was like literally talking to myself slowly, slowly without anyone hearing me as I'm walking to that ring. And I'm like just praying to God that I don't mess up or anything. And then I was like, either way, at the end of the night, I could walk proudly saying, hey, I did it. I tried after everything that I've been through. In the last few years i can look back and say even if it doesn't work out after tonight i tried so the music hits you hear the, your goosebumps hit and all i remember is as i'm talking to myself i stop and i can i'm talking and i'm literally singing my theme song as i'm walking so i'm like walking to the ring and that the emotion stops right there and as soon as i see my opponent walk up that's when i knew it's on i can do this <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's that sounds like you you went in with a little bit of reservations like anybody would have, but then yeah. you found your you found your comfort zone. And that's the most important I part did, about it, yeah. right? So you had your first match, you ended in a draw. We now know there's more story to tell. What was the reception backstage? How how was it, was it like really what good. yeah, when your coach saw you and he came over and he said, Hey, it was like, like it was he was like pretty good but he goes none of you guys could submit each other and then i looked at, i looked at him i said i'm gonna be honest i said i think we know each other's tricks and trades that we we can get out of each other's thing and try to get the other person she'd get out of it and i get in like she'd put me in a submission i get out of it so either way in five minutes we're both trying to submit each other but each person's getting out of the submission i love it that that means that there is a hundred percent more story to tell we never had the rematch though but we ended up uh, a few months down the road after uh bianca and i ended up doing another uh, submission match so we did uh they did a dark match as they call it so they uh they did it before the show and bianca and i just looked at each other and said you want to do a shoot match and i said yeah let's do a submission shoot match again i had fun doing it the first time she's like but this time we don't have a limit i said oh well i said someone's gonna 
have to submit somehow, some way, because I said someone's gonna have to lock in a submission and hold it in. Well, it was funny that night Bianca locked in the submission, she got it, and this time I couldn't get out of it. Oh. No matter how many times I tweaked, no matter how many times I moved, <laughs> I was like, oh man, she got me, so I had to tap out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So in terms of like that adrenaline rush of going out there and doing it and then having fans come up to you after and say, you know, we love your name, we love your look and this and that. But one question I, I, I'm not sure because I have yet to see you wrestle. So are you a face or are you a heel or have I'll you played both? I played both, but I liked being a heel the most because I like, you know, you can chirp and you get the fans going. It's great. Like the feedback they give you and they help with your anxiety so much because while you're chirping at them, they're helping you cool down and they don't even know it. So I loved being a heel when I was at Battle Arts. I was Bella Bronx. I came up with Bombshell Bramwell at the time. And we were all, we were part of this heel thing. So uh, Bianca at the time, she was a baby face. So a few times when she would be in a match and I'd be like accompany Natalie, I'd just get in the ring and slap Bianca, get her back for all the time she made me tap out, right? So I kind of <laughs> love that I get to be a heel and you get to slap your opponent and then, you know, you can get away with it kind of thing. <laughs> Nice. Versus being a baby face. Everyone loves you. You know, you can never do wrong. But with a heel, they learn to love you. So talk baby to me. Baby face comes automatic. Talk to me about promos. I, I know you guys do work on your promos and stuff like that. Um, could you cut one for me right now? Like, could could we, in, could we, uh, in, in, could we bring Bella up from the basement there and see if we can get a little promo action going right now? See if I can. I've never cut a promo yet, so I'm hoping I can do it. Okay, let me set it up for you, okay? I'll, uh, I okay. will pretend to be an announcer at, uh, we'll say Impact Wrestling, okay? okay? It's backstage. This is for a big main event, and you are going at, let's see, who should we go at? Okay, you know what? You're going to go at Tessa Blanchard, so this is who Ooh. we're setting up against. So I'll, I'll set it up, and I'll, I'll lead you in, and then let's see if we can get Bella to cut a promo for us here on the spot. This is straight talk first. It's never been done before. I'm excited about this. All right, here we go. Ready? No, I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Just breathe. Remember the butterfly. No, let's not do that. Okay, so just breathe, and here we go. You ready? Okay. What's going on, guys? George McKay, I'm backstage right now to talk with Bella Bronx about her upcoming match with Tessa Blanchard. Tessa, you might be the diamond of impact, but I am the mafia princess. I was born with diamonds in my tiara. You can't hold a candlestick next to me, sweetheart. Tonight, you're going down. She grabs my throat. She pushes me away. And I give that slow nod like Walt Disney. And the camera fades out. I love it. Perfect. And we go out there. We're not going to say who wins the match. I had to set up the camera angles. I had to make sure it was properly. Because you always have to. Listen, when you're cutting a promo, you have to attack the backstage correspondent. Yeah. You have to. If you're a heel... You have to you, get the good angles, the good sides, everything. It has to be just perfectly done. And then the backstage correspondent... Yes, and the backstage correspondent has to do the Walt Disney slow nod at the end. You know what I mean? That, exactly. hmm, hmm, I'm puzzled. Will they win tonight? Hmm, interesting. Well, that, was a, that was a bad. I like it. You know what? I like it. You got it. You got, you got some flavor to it. And I think, you know, I think, uh, I think you're going to, I think you're going to do well. I think you got your character down. I think you feel comfortable about stuff. And most of all, it just sounds like you're having fun. And I don't think you'll, you, I, am. You, I don't really think it's you care fun. if, you know, I mean, for you, the sky's the limit. And the fact that you're doing this, you, you got into it at 24 after what you went through. It's nothing short than amazing. Yeah. So I think you should pat yourself on the back because goddamn, good for you. I started at 24, I had to stop in between. My uh, permit, my full-time job is a little hard in between, but I try to keep up with the wrestling as much as I can. I can't stop it for some 
I tried to see and I just couldn't. I knew something was missing, so I had to continue. <laughs> it's in your blood, I'm telling you, you're born with it. Or maybe it's Maybelline, huh? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I always I always kind of pose this question. I know this may be earlier in your career, but let's say we're looking, I don't know, years down the road. I'm not going to put a limit on, but let's say we're looking years down the road and you have an opportunity to say, go to WWE, Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor, or New Japan Pro. And the only reason I mentioned these five is because these are the five that I follow religiously mainstream and then after of course you have your independent stuff i'm a big fan of of tyson and what he's doing i love destiny wrestling george and what he's doing over there i absolutely adore ben overman's him and i are really really tight i love what crossbody's doing down in kitchener so they all kind of have their own thing that they're doing and every product that they're producing is fantastic and they're giving a platform for all these young up-and-coming talents in the indie scene here which is amazing but let's say you had a chance to go to one of these big five which one do you sign with I'm not going to say, let's say all, let's say money's the same for each and the number of dates that you have to appear at is the same. So that's all the same. Who do you sign with and who is the first person you decide you want to go at for your first, I don't know, rivalry or first storyline? Who's the first person you want to go out and which company do you sign with? Okay. So that's a trick question because. I know it is. I designed that question myself. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so hard because there's two companies I would go to. Um, would I be able to use the two as an example? Sorry. It's not how it works. You got to use the no, one. Just <laughs> okay. okay. So you know what? I'm going to go with the option I wanted to say originally. I'm going to go with Impact Wrestling. When I first started off, I got chosen to be uh, Sue Young's Undead Bridesmaid for uh, the weekend. And I got to learn a lot of stuff backstage. And I got to see things differently from what you see in practice. And I felt like that weekend I grew even more and loved what I wanted to do even more. The one reason why I would choose Impact as well is because I am a huge fan of Madison Rain and I would love to be up against her in a match. It would be an honor and a privilege to wrestle her. I like the answer. Impact Wrestling, Madison Rain. And you know what? I don't even want to know the other answer because I think it might spoil <laughs> this one. So we won't even ask it. And I know some of the fans might now will be clamoring and be like, come on, George, ask her, ask her. And I feel like I want to ask you. But I also feel like I don't want to give my fans that privilege. So we're not going to know the second answer. The second answer is going to stay a secret. A secret. <laughs> a secret. It's going, to, it's going to live and die with you. Deal. Okay. So now I only have two more questions, and then I think we'll wrap it up for tonight because I have, I could hear my three-year-old pitter-pattering upstairs. So I know, right? She's adorable, but she's a hellraiser. But I love her to death. I love her to death. I love both my girls to death. That's right. Hey, my three year my wife got to my nine year old early. She's all girly girly, manicures, pedicures, She's dresses, girly. which is fine. Yeah. But my three year old, I taught her how to do an arm bar. I taught her how to do a like almost got her learning a rear naked choke. She's almost got the figure four leg locked down. And I'm pretty sure in a couple more months, she will definitely know how to put me in a sleeper hold. She's it's almost there. That's what I'm doing. I Tom, I'm teaching my niece Lily how to give an RKO out of nowhere, so she's getting there. <laughs> I got to work on the RKO. Thank you for that. Okay, so, <laughs> so in terms of, I guess you mentioned Bret Hart, you mentioned Shawn Michaels, but let's talk about your own personal influences, wrestlers that you yourself look up to and try to not so much model yourself after, but you kind of carry those wrestlers with you, and maybe you go back and watch their matches for a little bit of inspiration. 
so one for sure, uh, she actually helped inspire my gear and she also helped inspire the kind of charisma I wanted to have and kind of what I wanted to be, but in my own way. And that would have, uh, hands down, is Trish Stratus. So growing up, I loved her gear. I always loved her personality, the way she presented herself, how she was to people. She was just this amazing girl who kicked ass, but had class. She's someone I looked up to and wanted to be just like, so I thought if I ever did this, she would be the person. But I wanted to have someone else who I always admired in wrestling. And he had a no filter attitude and didn't care who he pissed off. But as long as he stated his facts, and that's what I loved about him. And that was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hands down, I'm sorry. He was my favorite. And I admired him for everything he did. He wasn't afraid to step up to his boss and tell him where to go. So he gave him a fuck you if he needed it. 100%. 100%. He was the only employee that could literally put a gun to the boss's head, make him piss himself, and still have yeah. a job the next day. Exactly. And he's the only person I remember that went to the hospital and actually hit Mr. McMahon with a bedpan. I forgot about... Oh, yeah! Uh, that yeah. That's when Socko came out. Bingo with Booker T. Don't forget, when he had that rivalry, uh, rivalry with Booker T, remember that? They went to the bingo hall, and I remember... And then they went to the grocery the store. Yes, and then they went, oh, yes, yes. All right, I love it, I love it. I was always a big Stone Cold fan, so for me, I wanted to have a bit of Trish Stratus, but Stone Cold Steve Austin in between. <laughs> that would be one sexy-looking baby right there. I'm picturing that action. Wowza. <laughs> Probably <laughs> sweet, but a bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin giving an F you and drinking a beer everywhere she goes. <laughs> Minus the bald head and the goatee. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, maybe I should wear a baseball cap and not, you know, he always wore denim jeans, so maybe I can get some denim gear just to spice it up a bit. Yeah, and you'll have to walk around in like big ass construction worker boots for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, my final question, and this is a question I think is going to strike a chord with you personally, because we talked a lot about inspiration and overcoming adversity, and no matter what your age is, giving it a try. And let me, let me tell you honestly, I'm 36, and if you started this at 24, God bless you. Because even if I were to think about, I started a podcast when I was 34, and my goal in life is always try to, to try to remain a commentator. Is my dream unattainable? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But right now, I'm just having fun uh, talking about the one thing I love in the world, which is wrestling. So it's been a blast. And you know what? I, I, the only thing I do is I kick myself in the butt because I wish I could have started this five, six years earlier than I did. That's what I say. I wish I could have started sooner if I knew about it. Exactly. But here we are now. And, you know, we're at, we're at this point. But inspiration. If you had a little boy or a little girl in front of you asking you for a bit of inspiration about the wrestling business and kind of overcoming adversity like you did, what would you say? to that person who's looking to get into the wrestling business for the first time? I would say create your own path because that's what I was told when I first started. I I was 24, yes, and then I like waited to get cleared medically to uh, start training, but I, you know, I, I looked around, talked to a bunch of people, and the thing that I kept hearing the most was when I would go is create your own path, set your own boundaries, create your own history is what they all kept saying. That was the same thing I heard over and over again. And one thing that stuck out too is a good friend of mine, uh, Chad. He goes by Warhead and he wrestles. Uh, as well, he uh, he's also the promoter of Death Proof. He always told he always sent me this clip, and it was from Cody Rhodes, and it says anybody could be a professional wrestler, but Chad ended up adding something to it where he wrote, "You have the heart and the charisma, take it and run with it, make it your bitch." 
And it stuck with me for the longest time. And I went to bed that night and I was like, you know, I keep hearing the same thing. And that's what I tell everybody. Create your own path. Create what you want. Make history yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. And that's something I live by now. Wow. Wow. No, that's a great, that's a great credo to have. And good on Warhead for being inspirational. I mean, make it your bitch. Uh, I love it. There's nothing wrong with that. You can make anything your bitch. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> you can get away with it because he goes, you look so sweet and innocent, but in reality, he goes, he goes you know, it's a twist because he goes, everyone sees you so sweet and thing, but he's like, when they get to know you and they see a different side of you, they're like, holy shit. This has truly been an honor. It's been exciting. It's been great to talk to you. I had fun. I hope you had fun. I have. Thank you so much, George. It's been amazing. No problem. And don't forget, next time I see you at a Destiny show, we'll snap a few pictures. We'll get ready for when the episode drops. And I want to say your star is shining bright. I can see it going much further than where it is now. And I hope one day to be at one of those shows where I see you walking through the curtain and I can see how far you've come. Stay tuned because I think it's coming. So keep your, I'll make sure to keep you posted. It's a Straight Talk Wrestling exclusive right there. Did you guys hear that? Straight Talk Wrestling exclusive. It just happened. I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited. All right. You get home safe. You enjoy your Friday night. And above all else, above all else, stay wrestling. Okay? Always. All right. Enjoy your night. Take care, George. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, that was Bella Bronx. She is an up-and-comer. But like she just said, keep an eye out for her. It's happening soon. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm excited to see it. She's a very cool girl. Check her out on Instagram. She's following me on, on Instagram. You guys can follow her. She's absolutely fantastic. Down to earth, sweetest person I have met so far. Actually, I've met a lot of sweet people, so I can't say that's not true. But anyways, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. That's it for this week's episode. Next week's episode, I want to tell you, but I'm not going to. You know it's not going to happen. So um, tune in for the socials. Stay tuned. And above all else, guys, enjoy your evening, and I will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just five ninety nine each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Mix and match two or more. 5 each at Domino's. Two-item minimum. Pan, pizza, bone, and wings and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just five ninety nine each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Mix and match two or more. Five ninety-nine each at Domino's. Two-item minimum. Pan, pizza, bone, and wings and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary.